0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Victor's Corner. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, one-fourth of the Codex Prime podcast, and today is Friday, November 18th, 2016, and I am very glad to be back here once again. And as you all know, we did not have another episode of the Codex Prime podcast this week. Um, Unfortunately, life got in the way for a couple of us. However, we will be back next week, and we will still talk about the Rhode Island Comic Con as well as Doctor Strange. So stay tuned for next Tuesday. And as for right now, I have a couple of brand new film reviews that you can use, beginning with a remarkable film that I watched just a week ago called Moonlight, directed and written by Barry Jenkins. And this film uh, is, is phenomenal. It's, it's a phenomenal film that moves with a quiet intensity. And it's a coming of age story that really feels fully authentic and avoids all of the cliched trappings that you know such a narrative would provide. And this film uh, follows the life of Chiron, who's a shy young man who's living and struggling to survive in uh, Liberty City, Miami. And this film is structured in three separate acts that follow uh, three pivotal periods of his life, from his childhood to his adolescence and adulthood in the present day. And throughout the years, we see Chiron struggling with his uh, Self identity, his sexuality, and his own sense of masculinity, while also dealing with his drug-addicted mother, Paula, played by Naomi Harris. And I have to say, first off, that the performances in this film are truly great, and each of the three actors that portrays Chiron are equally outstanding across the board. You know, for example, we we begin with little Chiron, who's this young boy who's played by Alex Hibbert, and Here's a kid who's so shy and so timid that for him it's as if he's afraid that he's going to shatter reality if he utters a single syllable, you know, kind of like Black Bolt from Inhumans. And, you know, other kids, you know, are chasing him around the block and are threatening him. Sometimes they ostracize him. And Chiron is a very lonely and withdrawn boy. And he's so shy that he's afraid of talking to people and opening up in any way. And here comes this this guy named Juan, played by Mahershala Ali, who happens to be this drug dealer who, you know, reaches out to Chiron and genuinely connects with him. And what's interesting about Mahershala Ali's performance and his character is that, yeah, he's a drug dealer, but he does not fall into the expected cliché and stereotypes of his role. You know, he's not a guy who's, you know, deliberately steering Chiron into the path of wrong and, and you know, and, and, and bad choices. No. Here... His character, Juan, yeah, he's a drug dealer, but he's actually quite the opposite of what you'd expect because he genuinely cares about Chiron and he looks out for the boy's well-being. He becomes an uh, uh, an essential father figure to him that's sorely missing from his life. In fact, uh, there's a wonderful scene where Juan is actually teaching Chiron how to swim at the beach. And... And and according to IMDb, what made this scene even more remarkable, even more beautiful, was that this was actually a genuine real-life moment between the two actors, Alex Hibbert and Mahershala Ali, as Ali is actually teaching Hibbert how to swim, as the boy never knew how before in real life. So, as you're watching that scene, you're not just watching the characters you know, teaching, you know, each other how to swim, you're genuinely watching the actor, Mahershala Ali, teaching uh, young Alex Hibbert how to swim on camera. And it's I thought it was a real, it's a real moment that's crystallized in this film that kind of shows you j- just, just how deep this film goes, especially emotionally, and that these characters, you know, you can't just, you know, peg them you know with, with a snap judgment and say oh i got you all figured out no these characters have way more depth beneath the surface than you would realize um speaking of other performances uh, janelle monet you know one of my favorite artists you know she's very delightful as teresa who's juan's girlfriend who happens to dote on chiron and she, and she becomes a a maternal figure uh, to to the young boy when his real mother paula you know kind of falls short in more ways than one uh, also, there is another actor, Ashton, named Ashton Sanders, who plays Chiron as a teenager, and he's also great as well because here's a boy who's you know he's in his teen he he's in his teenage years and he's still very withdrawn, perhaps more so. And his storyline is one of the more powerful moments, uh, elements in the film because here this is when he's starting to discover, you know, his own sexuality and he's trying to come to grips with how that makes him feel and how that makes others uh, around him feel in particular this other boy his friend named kevin who the teen version is played by this actor Jarell jerome and and their interactions are are very moving too because you know you wouldn't expect them to you know i guess you know fall for each other so to speak but it's it's very it's handled very intelligently and very very tenderly and it's and it's not and it's not played mawkishly in any way and kudos to Barry Jenkins, the writer director, for portraying these moments in a way that feels very true to life and not, and doesn't feel like something that you would see in a conventional movie. This feels very much like a documentary in many respects, like like Barry Jenkins just met these people got to know know them and decided to you know, film elements of their life and just put it on the screen. Um, of all the performances in this film, the standout performance belongs to Trevante Rhodes, who portrays the adult Chiron in the present day. And when I first saw him appear on screen, I'm like, wow, this dude looks a lot like 50 Cent. I mean, seriously, if you if you watch him, it's like, it's like, wow, man. It's like, did, did 50 Cent record this performance like years ago? Because he looks, he looks a lot like him. But but anyway, uh, uh, Travante Rhodes portrays the adult Chiron, and he's markedly different from his younger versions. But fundamentally, he's still the same emotionally withdrawn, you know, lonesome young man. And what's interesting is that, you know, even though he's a guy who looks like you don't want to mess with him in any, in any way, shape, or form he's still that same fundamentally still the same withdrawn very you know emotionally closed off person who's still yearning for something more substantial and significant in his emotional life and Rhodes's performance is powerfully subtle and he conveys so much raw pain and so much intense feeling with just a stoic you know tentative glance and I don't want to give away the details of his story arc, but trust me when I say that it is truly impactful stuff. And Andre Holland, who plays the adult Kevin, his friend, is equally outstanding. Who's this, And he's this charming guy who's haunted by his own set of hurt, his own set of pain. Uh, last but not least, the other standout performance in this film goes out to Naomi Harris as Paula, who's Chiron's drug-addicted mother. And, you know, I've always been a fan of Naomi Harris from, you know, her role in 28 Days Later to Skyfall and most recently Our Kind of Traitor with Ewan McGregor, which just came out this year. And her character is definitely no mother of the year finalist. I can tell you that. And, you know, to a certain extent, it's easy to judge and even despise her character because, you know, how she, you know, relates to Chiron, how she browbeats him and all this. But yet you still feel for her situation because, yes, she's in the throes of addiction and she's, you know, soliciting herself, you know, in order to get more money so she can fuel her drug habit. But, you know, through it all, you you do feel for her and, you know, you don't you don't despise her. She's definitely not as awful as Monique's mother character in Precious, because if that were the case, then, oh, my God, then, yeah stay the fuck away from her but but her character is, is heartbreaking it's heartbreaking to watch her but you also want her to 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 rise above her situation and do better for herself and also for her son and uh that's when you see why janelle monet's character teresa teresa is so necessary because if it wasn't for her then perhaps chiron may not have lived to become a teenager You know, let's just put it that way. But yeah, her performance, equally great. Equally great. Also, there are three prominent themes at work in the film Moonlight. And they are self-identity, sexuality, and masculinity. Uh, For example, with the theme of identity, there's a scene where Juan is telling young Chiron that, you know, quote, at some point, you got to decide for yourself who you're going to be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. And that's true because that's the main, that's a central struggle that Chiron experiences throughout his life. And, you know, as we see Chiron navigate the waters of maturity and self discovery in each of the three main acts of the film, you know, we see how deeply he's affected as well as those, you know, central to his life. Uh, for example, Juan in particular, he's a successful drug dealer who's confronted with the harsh realities of his profession. In fact, there's a very subtle yet very wrenching scene where he tries to explain to little Chiron about the meaning of a certain anti-gay slur and he also has to face accountability for his own actions and how that affects Chiron as well as his mother and Mahershala Ali's performance in that scene however subtle it was very moving and it was and you could tell that there was a lot that he wanted to say but he just couldn't bring himself to say it which made it even more, even more emotional. Also, a sexuality and masculinity; those are those are major themes in the film. For example, Chiron, he is a gay man, and that goes at odds with how some of the other males perceive and treat him. And as a teen, you know, he's bullied relentlessly by the by a couple of douchebags at his school. And man, they are easy to fucking hate, dude. Oh, let me tell you. And as but however, as an adult he he does have the exterior of someone you don't want to mess with at all and deep down like i said he's his his inner nature remains unchanged which makes him struggle with how to carry himself to a certain extent because yeah he is a gay man and yet there are other and you know there are familiar stereotypes of how you know gay how gay men in particular are seen as quote unquote effeminate and you know not really masculine which is certainly untrue and is a very simplistic stereotype but unfortunately there are some who still believe in that and yet here we see chiron who's who's much more complex than that and he's still trying to struggle with how how he should carry himself as a man how he should carry himself as a black man how he should carry himself as a gay man and he just and how to just carry himself as himself you know you know how does he square his own his own natural self-identity with how society and how others around him perceive him to be you know that's one of the main struggles of, of the film that makes the film so engaging to watch and what's also interesting about the theme of masculinity is that here you also have hit two two maternal figures in his life you have paula and you have teresa and these are two women who kind of represents two spaces for chiron to develop his own sense of worth and his identity as teresa gives him the space and the and the encouragement to just be himself you know and while paula on the other hand attacks chiron you know because of his meekness and his shyness and he victimizes him you know to just browbeats him at every turn and and thus that exacerbates that schism between who he is and who he wants to be and I felt that was, uh, that definitely gave the film even more, even more significance as I watched it and as I thought about it after, after the the film ended. Um, I will, I will also say that, uh, I have to give kudos to, uh, James Laxton, who's the cinematographer of this film. He's also the cinematographer of Barry Jenkins' previous film, Medicine for Melancholy, which I encourage all of you to go see, um. His cinematography in, in Moonlight is beautiful. It, it, it sort of portrays the the broken and the broken beauty and blight of its Liberty City Miami setting. And you know, I've said a lot about this film already, and, and, and in case you can't already tell, I absolutely loved this film. Moonlight is a phenomenal motion picture. As a matter of fact, you know, many critics have already said that this is probably best film of 2016 and you know what i'm gonna have to agree i know i know we have a few weeks left of 2016 we have a month and a half left but i will be very surprised if there's another film that comes out between now and december 31st that tops moonlight as the best film of this year I strongly encourage all of you to check out that film, Moonlight. It's currently playing, for all of my Rhode Island listeners, it's currently playing at the Avon Cinema on Thayer Street, and it's playing at the Showcase Cinemas in Warwick uh, on Quaker Lane. So please, I encourage you, see Moonlight, and also see Medicine for Melancholy. It's an excellent film. It's a powerful film. It's a film that will stay with you for a long time and i can't wait to revisit this film again our next film review is on director denise Villeneuve's latest sci-fi film arrival starring amy adams jeremy renner forrest whitaker michael stuhlbarg and c ma and in this film uh, 12 gigantic alien spacecraft appear all around the globe and nobody understands their purpose And Amy Adams uh, stars as Dr. Louise Banks, who's this renowned linguist and college professor, who's selected by this military team to interact with and determine why these mysterious aliens have arrived on Earth. And working alongside her is Jeremy Renner's character, Ian Donnelly, who's an astrophysicist who helps Dr. Banks attempt to discover the reason the aliens arrival and they must work against the clock as worldwide tensions among multiple heavily armed nations prepare for a full-on assault to defend themselves now when it comes to genre fare director Denis Villeneuve takes a more thoughtful and nuanced approach to these types of films you know such as the crime thriller Sicario which is an awesome film by the way uh, the dramatic thriller Prisoners and the psychological mystery film Enemy starring Jake Gyllenhaal and here, his latest film, Arrival, is also shaped by his more deliberate approach to the material, and he offers a more cerebral, philosophical sci-fi film that left me pondering it for a few hours after the, after the end credits rolled, and I'm still thinking about it right now as I'm ta- as I'm giving this review. <laughs> you know, it's Arrival has a has a plot that I can't delve into too deeply without revealing the mysteries that unfold. But the opening lines by Amy Adams' character, Louise Banks, provides some clues as to how to engage the film. And I would imagine that a second viewing would yield a somewhat different and even more fulfilling experience. And Arrival, it's a cerebral sci-fi film that definitely encourages and requires and even rewards multiple viewings. And this is a film that I would love to revisit once it it hits on Blu-ray. And speaking of Amy Adams, you know, she's always been a great actress, and here is no different. You know, in this film, she turns in a great, you know, sensitive performance. And her character is a woman who's still reeling from tragedy as her teenage daughter succumbed to terminal cancer. And we see their relationship, which opens the film, and that in some ways informs her actions throughout the movie. You know, from her careful yet courageous approach in learning about the aliens to, you know, her determination in reinforcing the gravity of each discovery in the face of such skepticism by her superiors. Uh, In particular, uh, Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker's character, Colonel Weber, who's this somewhat gruff military man who's prepared to do whatever he has to. Uh, should things go south, and he's he's a guy who's who he he also encourages uh, uh, Doctor Banks to you know do what she needs to, but he's always skeptical. He's always he always has you know he always keeps a keen eye out that in case these aliens try some shit, he's prepared to have his finger on the button. And you know this film is it's 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 just terrific and it's thoroughly engaging from start to finish. And I love the fact that in Arrival. Uh, the main theme is communication and, and, and it's about how language shapes our very thoughts and actions from culture to culture. And you know what in more you know if, if this film was more schlocky, if this was if this film was if this film was more schlocky and cliched, we, we would follow the humans as they try to figure out how to blow these invading aliens to oblivion. But in arrival, the alien invasion, if it can really be considered that, it serves as a catalyst for uniting humanity, not exclusively by fear, but more so by curiosity and the drive to learn for the betterment of mankind, not just for its survival. Also, if you look at the aliens in the film, the aliens have a very unique design, and you know, they're, they, they're the, there are these, uh, the aliens are these towering creatures that look like a mashup of a giant human hand and, and an octopus. It looks really weird, but. That, that's, how, that's how I can best describe it. And these aliens communicate by shooting inky black mist into the air, which they can shape into cryptic, you know, seemingly undecipherable circles. And these circles serve as their language, their written language. And this plays into a core theme of the film, the circles, which again, I can't really dive into without spoilers, but... It's something that drives the engaging mystery of the narrative. That's something that you just have to see for yourself. I'm not going to reveal any details. Um, Also, I I absolutely loved the score by Johan Johansson, who also made the dark, brooding score of Sicario. And in Arrival, his score sounds very minimalist and and experimental. And it's almost haunting and otherworldly. And in a way, it's also a character in and of itself. In some ways, it kind of reminds me of like a mashup between uh, Sicario and Under the Skin. You know, that that dark and brooding sound of the former and that unsettling, creepy, yet somewhat wondrous sound of the latter. Also, uh, Bradford Young, uh, his cinematography in this film is artfully composed. And he offers this very this visually minimalist aesthetic. And it has a very cool... Cool color tone throughout. Um, also, the set design was interesting too, which kind of, which, which you see through a cinematography from uh, the the charcoal gray black interior of the alien ship, which kind of looks like the vacant docking bay of the of the Death Star, only if it was made from stone. Uh, to also there's this sweeping aerial shot of the alien ship which is hovering above the fog-covered hills and the valleys of this grassy Montana fields where the film primarily takes place Uh, there's a scene where there's an aerial shot where you see that where you see the alien ship and as the as a camera is hovering around the ship you also see on the ground the military complex that that's that's underneath and you know it's like their base of operations and it's and it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing to look at um, over overall uh, arrival, like I said, I can't get I can't get into the plot details too much. But I will say that it is an it is a challenging, cerebral, intelligent film that that I encourage anybody seeking you know more cerebral fare to check out. Uh, this is this is a film that definitely encourages multiple viewings. And once it comes out on Blu Ray, I will watch it again um who knows i might even might even do a video who knows who knows you know but uh yeah arrival i also i like i said i recommend that film and also recommend checking out denise villanov's previous films as well so arrival and moonlight two films that you should definitely check out this weekend if you get the chance and that about wraps it up for this week's episode of victor's corner once again thank you so much for listening you can catch us on soundcloud iTunes, and Google Play, as well as select episodes on our YouTube channel. You can also catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Be well, be awesome, be safe, and I will see you when I see you. All right, take care, guys.